We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. On today's show, I want to talk about action civics and how it's pervasive in our schools across the land. I don't care where you live, whether it's Ohio or Oklahoma. Action civics is a curriculum that is intruding into your local schools and it is impacting your kids and your culture. And it's not for the good. I'm Dr. Everett Piper and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to The Rebellion. Thanks for listening into the show. So last Friday, I finished out the week by talking about this story that's coming out of an organization titled or called Generation Citizen. It's an educational organization, as I described last week, that's funded by the likes of the Bezos Family Foundation, the Soros Foundation, and Oklahoma's Kaiser Family Foundation, the George Kaiser Foundation. And they just issued an annual report. I talked about it last week. And what, pray tell, if you didn't listen to last week's show, do these billionaires have in store for us? That's the question you should be asking. Well, in addition to promoting what they call action civics, which I'll talk about more today uh, as we get past this introductory portion of the show, this review of what I said last week, Action Civics, by the way, is a neo-Marxist curriculum. Okay, that's what it is. It's focused on conflict, us against them, you against me. It's focused on power. It's focused on the underprivileged rising up and overtaking and overthrowing the privileged. It's essentially the economic conflict that Marx described as the basis for his theory, you know, the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat. Action Civics is grounded in the same theory, but they recognize that the economy stupid wasn't working all that well because those people that lived in a capitalist society were actually benefiting more so from that economic theory than they were from the Marxist theory that prevailed in the Soviet Union and Red China. So they recognized they were losing, that people were in poverty as the result of Marxism. But they still want their power, so they just move the target from the economy stupid to class conflict. It's, um, it's, the, it's the underlying foundation for critical theory. It's Marxist at its core, but it's not necessarily economic-driven any longer. It's not just money. It's about the entire system, and that's why you hear words like systemic racism or uh, white privilege or intersectionality, for example. So this is the theory behind action civics. And again, I'll talk about it more in a minute after we take a break. But suffice it to say, uh, action civics is a neo-Marxist curriculum that's focused on teaching over 1 million students by their own statement. That's their goal by 2025 to impact over 1 million students nationwide with the wonders of victimization rather than virtue. That's really where they're going. Victimization. That's the underlying premise to everything to everything you hear about action civics. 
So these smart folks, the Bezos, the Kaisers, and the Soros and the crew, these smart folks are now calling on our entire nation to lower the federal voting age to 16. That's part of their goal within this overall action civics curriculum. Essentially, they want to brainwash all of our youth to buy into this radical blame theory, this radical philosophy of blame. And then they want to empower these kids to vote before they've had a chance to actually experience life as it really is and recognize that the theory doesn't work and that it will end badly. They haven't had enough life experience to draw those conclusions. But yet, but yet, these elites want to empower these people to vote, these kids to vote. It smacks of the cultural revolution of Mao, where he empowered a bunch of teenagers to essentially intimidate anybody that was mature enough to recognize that Mao's ideas might not actually bear positive fruit. So what did Mao do? He empowered millions and millions of teenagers across the country to intimidate any of his political adversaries into silence. The Cultural Revolution rose up, and anybody that even had glasses was persecuted because they were assumed to be more intelligent than those that didn't have glasses. Anybody that had a degree and disagreed with the, with the communist revolution of Mao was silenced, was intimidated into submission by a bunch of 16-year-olds. That's what took place in Red China, and that's why we have the mess we have over there right now. And as I've told you before, what happened to those 16, 17, 18-year-olds after Mao, after Mao used them to suppress his opponents, Mao actually exiled them to the rice paddies as well as the intellectuals, the people with glasses, the teachers, the preachers, the people that dared to step forward and say, I don't think these ideas will work. These kids found themselves in the same gulags, if you will, the same rice paddies as the very adults that they persecuted. Another story for another time. So let's take a break, and when I get back, I'm going to go over this issue of reducing the federal voting age to 16 again, and then we'll cover action civics and how that particular agenda is behind this push to dumb down the definition of adulthood to 16. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need, sold. The Patriot Auto Group. 
Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, so welcome back to the Rebellion. All right, before we get into a little bit more on action civics, I want to talk about this lowering the federal voting age to 16. Uh, I talked about it last week, but I want that to sink in right now, especially in the context of what I said before the break about the Cultural Revolution and how Mao used teenagers to intimidate any opponents into silence. The energy, the naivete of, of, of youth, M- Mao used it. He was very manipulative. He knew what he was doing. He actually had thousands of teenagers rally and scream and start their cultural revolution, literally outside the offices of his opponents in Red China. He knew that his theory was not working well. He knew that he was getting criticized. People were beginning to ask questions. And he knew that uh, his political opponents may be rising in popularity versus versus himself, that they were, they were per- perhaps a solution to the problem. And therefore, what did he do? He dumbed down the federal voting age, metaphorically, to 16, and he rallied all of these naive, poorly informed kids to scream in the public square, to cancel anybody that disagreed. Sound familiar? So... When you hear about lowering the federal voting age to 16, yes, 16, that's what they're saying. You need, to, you need to hear what they're saying, because if you don't learn the lessons of history, you're doomed to repeat them, George Santayana. Now, aside from arguing that men now can get pregnant and that 21st century women no longer have the right to their own restrooms, lowering the voting age to 16 has to be one of the dumbest things ever uttered by our progressive betters. Now, seriously... How can anyone who's ever been around an adolescent, or been one for that matter, which is everyone, how can anyone possibly think that this is a good idea? There's a reason we have laws against teenagers doing things. Do you get that? Why do we have age limits on buying cigarettes, drinking alcohol, or even consenting to marriage? Why do we have laws against doing certain things until you're, quote, of age, unquote? The same reason that we have laws for voting. And the reason is, like Bill Maher once said, teenagers are stupid. I mean, I don't agree with Bill Maher on much of anything, but he has really been hitting upon some truths lately in some of his commentary. And one of the things he said, oh, a little less than a year ago, is your ideas are stupid. And there's a reason that we don't empower you with political authority and clout and don't allow you to do certain things in culture. You haven't grown up yet. A lot of your idealistic thinking is just dumb. It's stupid. And I cover this in my book, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good. In fact, that's the reason I wrote the book. I make the point in spades. I make the point in spades that ideas have consequences. You hear me talking about it on this show all of the time. Ideas have consequences. And the consequences of dumbing down the distinction between adults and children is frankly very perilous. I sound the alarm over and over again in my book that education today is in crisis. And I give example after example, one after another, of how the contemporary academy, your schools and my schools, no longer are in the business of pursuing truth, but they seem to be more interested in celebrating tolerance. Tolerance is the highest goal of your local school system as opposed to pursuing truth. That's just a hard, cold fact. This is my industry. I've seen it happening for decades. And... In the book, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good, Grow Up, Life Isn't Safe, But It's Good, I warn over and over again of what you've heard me 
call on this show ideological fascism and how this fascist way of thinking now stands on the grave of education's proud tradition of academic freedom. We're not interested in intellectual freedom any longer. We're ideological fascists where we try to crush anybody that disagrees with us. So in Grow Up, life isn't safe, but it's good. I share story after story of how the result of all this stuff is a nation of perpetual uh, Greta Thunbergs (laughs) who look frighteningly like the minions from George Orwell's Ministry of Truth. That ministry had the sole mission to protect the infantile propaganda of the state rather than let anyone dare challenge it. That was the point of George Orwell's ministry. You had a bunch of controlled children who wouldn't dare step forward like adults and challenge the propaganda. Because when you're in a childish mode of thinking, you often succumb to the authority around you. You become part of the problem. You mock and malign. You gossip. You try to crush anybody that looks different and talks different. Isn't that what you see in the way adolescents treat each other? They don't treat each other well because they haven't matured to the point of recognizing that adults just don't do that. So here's my point. A voting populace that worships feelings over facts is very dangerous. And if the, quote, adults, close quote, going to the polls are indistinguishable from precocious children, we're in trouble. If we're trusting the presidency to those who are still prone to emotional outbursts when their parents ask them to do the dishes, we might as well hand the keys of the White House over to the Taliban. This is nuts. It, it, it's hard to believe that intelligent people like, like those running the Bezos or Soros or Kaiser Family Foundations could actually come up with something this dumb, as, as stupid and ridiculous as giving voting rights to 16-year-olds. This is nonsense. It's literal nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. It, I've used this analogy over and over again on this show. It'd be funny if it weren't so sad. These these progressives should know better. But here, here's the key. They've been drinking their own Kool-Aid for so long that they've come to believe their own lies. For all practical purposes, these elites have become the poster children of the problem. They're the ones who have Peter Pan syndrome. They've never grown up, and they're living a lie because of it. Again, M. Scott Peck He warned of this, called it the diabolical human mind. You've heard me say that before. You've heard me refer to my old colleague and friend, Graham Walker. He said the same thing. And when he wrote Pathology of the Intellect, and the Apostle Paul calls it the reprobate mind. The message is the same in all three. Peck, Graham, the Apostle Paul, the message is the same. Children make stuff up. Adolescents lie. And they have no reason to change if no one ever challenges them to leave Neverland. Another way to say this is that no one grows up if the benefits of adulthood are given to them rather than earned. Childhood fantasies are always more comfortable than the painful reality of living like an adult. Again, back to the Apostle Paul. He challenged the church of Corinth by saying this. This is in his epistles to the church of Corinth, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. 
He says this, when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, when I became a man, I set childish ways aside. And then he goes on further in later verses and says, I grew up. And he admonishes the church of Corinth to grow up, set childish ways aside. Stop reasoning like a child. Stop thinking like a child. Stop talking like a child. Grow up. Now, dumbing down the definition of adulthood is the opposite of what the Apostle Paul is doing. He's elevating the definition of adulthood, mature Christian living, to being antithetical to childish thinking and living. So the solution to all this junk is pretty simple, and it's found in a respect for maturity, the old truths, the moral and intellectual laws that have been tested by time, defended by reason, validated by experience, and endowed to us by our creator, the quadrilateral. That's adult thinking. That's what adults look like. And adulthood, adulthood eschews the chronological snobbery of youth. So the answer to all that ails us surely is not to humor this adolescent arrogance of the billionaire's boys club and to give them authority over us, or even worse, to give adult authority to a bunch of hormone-driven teenagers who not only don't understand a word of anything that I've just said over the last few minutes, but who instead, when they hear me say it, Wail and whine, you've offended me. You made me feel unsafe. How dare you suggest such things? Really, giving the right to vote to a bunch of confused, navel-gazing 16-year-olds who just forgot to take out the garbage for the umpteenth time? That's insane. That's nuts. And that's what this organization called Generation Citizen is calling for. Now, here's the thing. So for the rest of the show, let's just talk about what they stand for. So they're calling to give 16-year-olds the right to choose the presidency of the United States, the right to craft our laws, the right to craft the way we live. They want 16-year-olds to have that power. Really, is that a smart idea? Stop and think about the way you were when you were 16. In all humility, look back at those years and ask yourself, Should anybody have given you the keys to the car, let alone the keys to the White House? This is nuts. From from their own website, which is Generation Citizen, you can look it up. Here's their 2022 annual report. All right, it's a message from the chief executive officer of Generation Citizen. Here's what she says, as we reckon with our country's current trajectory and the history that led us here, I'm so grateful to lead an organization working at the heart of our shared potential. Now, listen to her language. It all sounds flowery and good, but listen to the stuff that's endemic therein. This moment calls for decisive collective, collective action. And our report theme, Together in Democracy, because we all must do our part to strengthen democracy's foundation in every corner of this country. This crucial investment begins in our nation's classrooms. So she's, she's used the word collective already. It's a critical moment where we all must come together and we must do so where? In our nation's classrooms. Hmm. 
through Generation Citizens' equity-rooted, experiential approach, students realize the power of their own voices and develop a greater sense of belonging in their communities. Did you hear the language there? Did you notice? Equity, not equality. She uses equity for a reason. Experiential approach, she uses that for a reason. It's training in activism how to essentially do what the youth did in the Cultural Revolution, intimidate people into silence and obedience, and giving these young people, students, 14, 15, 16-year-olds, power in their own voices to develop a greater sense of belonging in their communities. You know, frankly, a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 16-year-old in my household doesn't deserve any power. They aren't ready for it yet. They haven't been around the barn enough to understand how to behave like adult, like an adult, how, how to have any authority or power over the family budget, for example. No, the father and the mother are the ones with the power at that point in a person's life, not the individual, not the 16-year-old. Okay, she goes on. This is, uh, again, the, the uh, chief executive officer. Of generation citizen and I'm looking at her I don't know how old she is but she's not very old she may be over 16 but she's not very old um, back to her point young people are not only the future of our democracy they are its present I- I'm sorry no you're not if you're 15 16 years of age you are not the present of our democracy you're not ready for it yet but that's the antithesis of what this group is preaching and teaching. Back to her words, by teaching young people how to work together for the common good, we are raising a generation of community citizens invested in an inclusive, multiracial democracy. Again, we're not a democracy, we're a republic for a reason, because a republic assumes that there are certain people that have acquired the necessary maturity and wisdom that comes from age and experience necessary for freedom. That's why we are a republic, not a democracy. But they betray. This organization betrays their ignorance of that in their own statement from their chief executive officer. They go on and say this. Generation Citizen students are eager to be agents of positive change, and we are proud to support them. The projects they chose last year, from mental health and substance abuse to food insecurity and community safety, reflect the realities of their experiences and their ideas for a better future. I'm sorry. I don't want Greta Thunberg in charge of food insecurity and community safety. She doesn't know what she's talking about. And frankly, I don't want her in charge of mental health or substance abuse either. Now, it sounds like it's a good idea to get our kids involved in these things, and it is. But you need to get them involved as listeners and learners as opposed to teachers and leaders. They need to learn. They don't need to lead at this point. And the other thing that's very important, if you're going to get them involved in action, and actually doing things in the community, great. But you need to ask yourself this particular question of these organizations. What kind of actions, involvements, programs, activities, what type of agendas are these kids being encouraged to engage in? Are they being encouraged and and applauded for engaging in pro-life, for example? Uh, Are they being told to learn that Margaret Sanger was a racist, and her goal in establishing Planned Parenthood was essentially to exterminate the black 
and other minority populations in our country because she viewed them, and she said that they were inferior races and that they were a plague on civilization. Are these students in this particular program, in this organization, Generation Citizen, being told that? Or are they exclusively being encouraged to go out and protest for pro-choice, the right to exterminate a child just because you find it to be inconvenient? Are they being told that LGBTQ and all therein can lead to diseases and that it's better to follow a biblical model of sexual restraint and self-control and personal morality and culpability than it is to engage in, quote, safe sex? Are they being told that? Are they being told that our founding fathers grounded our country in a Judeo-Christian ethic and not radical racism? And that, yes, we made mistakes, but that our nation has set the context and set the stage and created a completely different discussion with regard to human freedom and human liberty that's over and above and better than any culture that preceded us? Or are you all going to just tear it down, burn it down, and start over with a Marxist agenda of class conflict, payback, and revenge? What are the kids being told and what projects are they promoting within this particular agenda to push them out into their communities and be proud and support them in the positive change agents that they're becoming in their local communities? Uh, She goes on. She says this. At the beginning of 2022, we undertook a strategic uh, plan to review and reflect on our progress since 2020 when when this organization was established. And what are the goals of this organization by 2025? Well, here they are. Here they are. Listen to this. Uh, Our work is guided by an ambitious and and an attainable uh, goal. By 2025, we will, number one, provide 60,000 students annually with access to community-based action civics. 60,000 students will be given access to community-based action civics to get involved in promoting progressive leftist agendas. That's what she's saying right now. Agendas of equity rather than equality. Agendas of vice and payback rather than forgiveness and virtue. Agendas of us against them, the 99 against the one. Uh, The whites against blacks, women against men, men against women, LGBTQ against women because they're stealing the rights of real women. Cultural appropriation at its worst. Here's another goal, number two to enable 1 million students to have increased access to project-based civics annually through state policy and advocacy efforts. They want the state educational system to fund these projects, these leftist-leaning projects in the schools, and they're doing that right now, even down in Oklahoma City. Number three, support emergent youth leadership campaigns for democracy. And then number four, They want to expand the communities that they work in through a framework of deepening belonging and inclusion, deepening belonging and inclusion, and continue to advance equity in civics education through our curriculum, research, and coalitions. Now, do you hear all that? It all sounds really nice, right? Why wouldn't you want equity and belonging and inclusion? Well, you have to define your terms, I've said over and over again, words mean something. And equity means something when they use this. Equity does not mean equality. Equal opportunity 
is anathema to them. They consider that to be language of white privilege. It's not equal opportunity any longer. It's equity, which means equity in outcome. If you're not getting equal outcomes, then something's wrong with the system. The system is broken. So equity means it doesn't matter how hard you work or what your skill set is, what sacrifices you have made or have not made, equity argues you should get the same thing as everybody else. Now, equal opportunity says you should have the opportunity to pull yourself up by your bootstraps, roll up your sleeves, get your hands dirty, and go to work and succeed. But all of that language is, like I said, anathema to these people. In fact, they want it excluded from the curriculum. And anybody that says something like I just said, uses that language, is guilty of white privilege. And you're not an anti-racist. You're actually being racist in the way you communicate. There's so much more here, but I'm running out of time. The bottom line is this. This is a terrible idea. It empowers young people, 16-year-olds, to take the keys to the White House when you wouldn't even give them the, the keys to the car if they haven't learned to drive it safely. We need to recognize the distinction between adults and children. And this organization blurs that distinction in a very, very dangerous way. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion.